Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Virtual. We have a very special episode for you today and this show is brought to you by Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere and Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi Federico. Hello Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm very well, very well. We have a special guest today. We have Matt Comey, uh, the developer of Space Age. Hi Matt. Uh, hey, how you doing? Very well, sir. Thanks so much for being on the show today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So uh, we're doing a kind of a special episode today, and we want to uh, dive in to talk about the, the newly released Space Age, um, which, as we uh, will be recording and releasing, has come out today in the App Store. So um, we have so much to talk about, but uh, maybe we could start off by just understanding a little bit about you. So kind of uh, who is Matt and, and what does Matt do and, and how long have you been working on Space Age? Yeah, um, Matt is is guy making Space Age, basically. That's, that's, it's weird. It, it's the, um, like from, you know, if you see the indie game documentary and there's that Phil Fish talking about how he is guy making Fez and it's like, wow, I could relate to that, but... It's been, yeah, four years, um, just about, I think, on Space Age. And before that, it was the incident. And it's uh, it's under my sort of little um, company name. It's nothing more than just what we brand our games with, um, Big Bucket. So, yeah, I, I used to work in software, sort of a mining industry, sort of C-sharp, and before that, C++. Um, uh, the kinds of work that comes around in Australia for, for software developers. Um, and uh, I developed The Incident, which was our Big Bucket's first main game, um, together with Nevin Mergen, um, who I, I always say his name differently when I say it, but I think <laughs> Mergen is pretty close. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm doing my best to sort of uh, summarize, but... Basically, Nevin and I are now what I would define Big Bucket as, and potentially since um, Space Age, Cable is now part of that. But yeah, we seem to be more or less a games company, and um, yeah, iOS uh, almost exclusively, as far as we can tell, um, with Mac now that it's easy enough to be able to do so. Um, and yeah, this is, this is what I do. This is what I do for a living. My nine till five is making games and, wow. and, uh, yeah, oh, nice. space age is the tail end of a, of a giant project that, um, now it's sort of, a <laughs> the, the definition is, 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 is difficult because, uh, you know, after it's released, it'll sort of define what happens next. How did you decide after the incident to, that you wanted to make space age and not some other game? Well, you know, this is, um, the space age emerged, you know, from, from a whole bunch of conflicting ideas of, of what we might do next. And I think it, it originated as a, as an RTS, you know, like a, um, or at least the idea was an RTS. It was a sort of a command and conquer sort of a thing. Um, and, and I think before that there was potentially the idea of an adventure game. There was certainly the idea of an adventure game because, I, I think typically what happens is um, I discuss with Nevin, you know, or at least this is what happened in the past, you know, with the incident and with Space Age. I say, how about this? And it's, and it's a very bland, usually quite unoriginal sort of thing. And then he convinces me 
to move it somewhere far more interesting, you know, and it's this iterative sort of process of how about instead of that, we do this. And instead of that, we do this and until we finally land somewhere that's exciting enough for us to go, yes, this is what we're going to do, you know? And, but then whilst we're doing it, it changes further. Um, and so space age, um, I think, yeah, space age, I think if we had of mapped out what we thought we were going to do and actually did it, we would have had something much closer to a command and conquer, a red alert, um, uh, you know, Warcraft kind of a game, but we couldn't help but sort of add adventure elements into it. And so we ended up with this sort of um, hybrid, you know, of of a bunch of just the kinds of games we wanted to make and just sort of uh, until we landed where we did and then we just sort of expanded that into the full game. You know, it's, it's, it's a bizarre process, but I... <laughs> It's it's how we seem to work. How far down the route of a real-time strategy game did you go? We had a barracks that could produce units. Um, we had a, a, a... I don't remember if we gave it a name, but it was a building that could produce vehicles. Um, you know, there were... As you can see, we still have the health bars, which are very reminiscent of that sort of... Um, you know, a, a collection of units that are almost expendable, you know. Um, and and the main character, Private, he was just dude, you know what I mean? He, he was just, uh, you'd have 10 of those guys. Um, and green was the team that you controlled. The other colors, you would have, you know, many of them, but they were non-controllable or potentially, um, you know, the enemy. But in... But what ended up happening... Oh, you know, for example, um, Kowalski, the engineer character, the code that corresponds to that character, his name is Engineer, you know? And um, and Archer, the female, she's um, linguist, you know? Because there are linguists, there are engineers, there are scouts, there are, you know, alien, and they're just grunts. And But in the end, everybody became an individual and the scope sort of reduced from this, like... Uh, nameless humans versus aliens to a small band of dudes, you know? And, mm. and that, I, and then, you know, once that happened, then we built missions around that. But yeah, it's, uh, it was, it's it sort of, um, I think it was sort of chipping away at, um, the, the broader, basically, cookie cutter approach to let's just make a game that we liked in the past until it became our own game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I like to think that it's fairly um, unique, but you know, we'll, it, it's at least, it's a lot of, it's a lot of things mashed together. I think. How would you, how would you describe um, the kind of, the kind of game that the final space age came to be like, what kind of influences, what kind of uh, genres do you think you, you ended up combining and mixing and remixing in your own way? Yeah, well, we have a, we, we did sort of come up with an answer to that. And I think it was um, a, a real-time uh, tactical strategy, you know, real-time strategy, oh, I forget, but it, it's certainly an adventure, a, a real-time adventure with 
tactical uh, elements. So I forget. Yeah, we have that, a, that makes we sense. We have a, a pitch. You know, we have a we have a, a simple pitch for it, but I can't remember what it what it was exactly. And as far as the influences go, there was you know as a, as I mentioned, Red Alert, Command and Conquer, um, and then the Lucas Arts games very heavily. Uh, yes. Yeah. The um, yeah. you know Monkey, Monkey Island, Island and so on. Yeah. Yeah, and then as well in the actual um, attacking and whatnot. Um, you know, when it comes to actually firing at enemies, that's very Metal Gear Solid, I, I like to think, uh, in that, you know, you get a sense of when the enemy is close, you can avoid them, you can work around them. You are typically not rewarded for attacking them. Like, not typically, it's just, it's almost across the board. Mm-hmm. You're, you get rewarded if you can complete a mission without hurting anybody. And, you know, it's just part of <laughs> part of the ethos, I guess. I didn't get a lot of those rewards. <laughs> yeah, those are really those are really difficult to get. What's the yeah. uh, like? Uh, are they called achievements or rewards? What's uh, what's the name of? Uh, <clears throat> I can't remember. Like uh, the golden badge that you get. Yeah, well, we we refer to them as medals. Um, okay. Yeah, so you 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 earn or you lose the medal from, um, you know, either accomplishing or or failing at that section. But yeah, there's it's that funny the um the launch facility mission can actually be done. It looks impossible, but you can actually do it without without anybody seeing you. <laughs> we, we need to we need to keep playing, Mike. We need <laughs> to unlock our <laughs> The first time in the game that I realized it was possible to be stealthy, I was very surprised because I actually didn't think it was that kind of game until that point. Mm. There was nothing that yeah. told me either way. This is how you play, and, and and that's kind of one of the things that I like, including the tutorial. When when you start the game. The tutorial kind of exists within the world. It's not screaming at you to do this or this. It doesn't. Uh, the tutorials also not really given in like a. There are a lot of games now that are like self-referential and a bit matter in the way that they do it. But it's very much mm. work it out on your own. Was that that's how I felt at least? Was that a um a choice that you made? Oh, absolutely. Um, there are the only sort of fourth wall breakage, I guess, that happens is when you. In the first mission, if you select the wrong unit, he will address the player. And they address the player quite frequently. They look at the screen and, you know, just make a remark. But other than that, yeah, you um, you should hopefully not necessarily notice that it's a tutorial. Yeah, which yeah. is, I, love, I like that. Personally, I really, really like the, um, like the on-screen credits. Uh, in the in the yeah, bottom cool. right oh, when you yeah. when you start the game because it's like yeah. a movie I don't know it it's it was so awesome <laughs> and like you you also had credits for testers and like people yeah. who helped making the game that was really nice yeah that um, was a great I wanted yeah, to, thanks I wanted to ask you um, who exactly came up with if it was a I guess a combination of you and Evan uh, the dialogue in the game. I, I oh, found okay. it to be really witty and, and, and funny and interesting. And it was really, I guess the dialogue is possibly my, my, my favorite part of the game. Yeah. Uh, well, how that worked, um, almost, um, it, it almost followed a fairly regular pattern, which is um, for each mission, uh, we would typically FaceTime um, and discuss what it's going to be and how it fits into the story. Um, and then, you know, we talk about whichever, whatever new art was required for it and so on. And and then we'd go separately and I would build the mission. Nevin would produce the artwork for it. And then I would also place in 
um, placeholders ref- that um, he would replace with actual dialogue, um, you know, that follows the narrative that we discuss. And then once he puts the dialogue in, um, I would sort of time it, you know, so mm-hmm. break it. Uh, I, I would usually, it was, it wasn't that it was necessarily needed, but I would typically break it down just cause I think, oh, sorry, in, in terms of how long the, how, um, how much would appear on screen at once. Yeah. So when it like scrolls I through, tend, right. Yeah. I, I would tend to have a, the, the style that I went with was pretty much one sentence, typically one sentence. Um, and then a lot of sort of, you know, comedic effect pauses and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, just cause it was quite a bit easier for me working inside the code to be able to, the turnaround time was a lot quicker for me is what I'm trying to say. Whereas Nevin would use the editor, which, which I'd built to, to make the missions in and he'd place the dialogue in there. He'd run up the game and then he'd change the dialogue. He'd run up the game, but it was just quite a bit easier for me to, to refine in terms of timing. But typically the words itself, the the words themselves, it's like that Nevin takes like just about all the credit for that. Certainly it's, um, it's, I, I, it was um, just so great to have him be able to do that, um, you know, because all I had to say was I would have to have a p- bit of placeholder that just says private says something funny to Archer, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. and there it is. Yeah, I guess um, I guess that also uh, uh, talking about Space Age without mentioning the, the music and the soundtrack by, by Cable Susser, uh, I mean, that's obviously uh, one of the, Another uh, great part of the game, and I, and I saw the, the blog post by uh, yesterday uh, with a link to the soundtrack on iTunes. Uh, so I wanted to ask you about this collaboration, you know, with uh, uh, to make mm-hmm. the music for Space Age and the kind of, uh, um, I, I guess there's a, a combination of uh, music and sound, sound effects in the game. There's this nice contrast between the, the pixel art style of the game and the realistic sound effects and then there's this music uh whether it's instrumental or a kind of a you know a retro style midi music uh there's there's mm-hmm. a nice contrast between all these different styles and and the sound effects uh and i wanted to ask you how did you balance um all, how did you put this all together not just from a from a technical perspective but also uh from a, you know I, I want to to have a nice balance in the game how do I balance the music yeah. and, and, you know, the dialogue and, and, and controlling private and other characters? Um, I think um, trying to think about that as you ask the question, because it's, you know, four years is a long time and it's sort of like, <laughs> it just feels like these things, they always were, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm, I, can yeah. bring it, I, I can bring it back to that was the same... Um, that was the same uh, approach we took with the incident where there was, it was pixel art. Um, but as these items, these blocky pixel items fell from the sky and they would land on the ground, they gave realistic sound effects. And yeah. that idea, that sort of um, the, the approach that made me think that was a, that was going to work was uh, cannibal um, where that was, you know, it was a 2d side scroller mm-hmm. with, um, you know, amazing. It was, it was like an eight bit, eight bit graphic, but it had an amazing soundtrack and amazing sound effects and it meshed well. And it made me realize that it was possible. 
So did it in the internet and then uh, again in Space Age. And we wanted a massive orchestral sort of a score. And from, I think it was very early on in the project, Cable just sort of went, yeah, well, I want to try. So <laughs> let's see how it, how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the, I know it's a little detailed, but uh, the sound effect for walking, uh, like there's mm -hmm. a different, I guess, different effects, whether you're walking on the ground or on the grass, I think, uh, yeah, or maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was wrong, I don't know, it's just a nice little detail. What's your, what's, um, creating a game, making a game for four years must be a long time, and maybe you forget all these little details <laughs> of the development No, process. they all come but back, honestly. There, <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything that, like a particular detail or a little, you know, a little story about making the game that, uh, you know, that you can remember that stood out to you? I keep coming back to the, the sparkling water. Did you notice the water has a shimmer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, um, it's such a small detail, you know, and it was, it was a lot of work. And I think, I bring that one comes to mind so often in terms of, you know, an anecdote about the game, just because of how proud I was of it and how much at the same time I realized who's going to notice, like, who would even, who would care, you know, and it's, it's like, but there would be enough people to care that would, you know, for that person who does notice, they'll, they'll see that, you know, attention to detail and, and not just the shimmer of the water itself, but the direction that the sound of the water is coming from is you oh know, yes headphones. yeah yeah as you pan around the map it, it you know it has to it basically has to average where is all of the water like in terms of where is the majority of the water and then direction the sound in terms of in terms of that and as you pan around you can you can hear the environment even if it's you know shrouded by the you know, well by the shroud Um, you can still hear what's happening underneath it. And and those kinds of things, I, I think it's just because, basically, the things that ha I think were disproportionately hard to, uh, disproportionate in terms of effort and um, output, I guess, um, those are the things that I come back to just because I don't regret them, but I realize these aren't things that any boss would ever tell you to do. And And that's, I think, what makes sort of independent development so interesting um you know it's the it's the kind of being able to spend weeks on making the sparkling water when it's it's absurd <laughs> yeah. you know it's <laughs> matt i wanted to go back to, to the music for a moment because again it's about the little details and, and uh, federico mentioned like the crunching noises when somebody walks mm. how did you make those sounds or did you did you find them somewhere where they created yourself Um, typically I didn't, I didn't make any sound effects myself. They're all, um, royalty, you know, royalty free sound effects, sure. but the, it's about, um, <laughs> without trying to sort of, um, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Put too much credit back on myself. It's, uh, the sound of the footsteps, um, there, the detail there is there's four samples for the left foot and four samples for the right foot. And they're selected randomly. And then with each of them, they're pitch shifted slightly randomly as well. And you're right also, uh, Federico, that there's the indoor sound and the outdoor sound. And, oh, okay. Um, so I'm not yeah, crazy. <laughs> so, no, it's, that's, how that, that's, that's correct. 
and uh and yeah and it's um it's just a, i think about i'll tell you seriously what the most difficult thing is is knowing what it's supposed to sound like and then trying to figure out how somebody would describe that you know it's like you <laughs> want to have the sound of a computer you know a computer short circuiting or something <laughs> you know or a, or a computer um, powering down and you need to find that sound in terms of keywords and and yeah and then and piecing yeah. that all together yeah i've i've had that trouble before when trying to find like royalty free music and stuff like yeah. you know you you have in your mind i want this sound but how do you find that sound it can be refreshing really yeah Right, I just want to take a, a very quick break to thank our first sponsor for this episode, but we have so much more that we want to get to. And this episode of Virtual is brought to you by Squarespace, the only one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the code insert coin at checkout. With Squarespace, you can start here, go anywhere. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's absolutely no way better than Squarespace. They give you absolutely everything that you need. They put the power in your hands and take away all of the stuff that is frustrating, like worrying, having to worry about hosting, uh, what to do if your website gets popular and scaling, or what to do if you just get stuck with something and need some support. Squarespace's fantastic, clean, simple, and beautiful designs really allow you to craft a home for yourself and your project and your work online and it's been totally redesigned and refined with squarespace 7 they've taken everything that they have learned from powering over millions of websites to create an even better platform than ever before they have even more stunning templates they have 15 new ones in total that all feature responsive web design all built right in they've even partnered with some cool musicians artists chefs and architects to develop new templates that cater to each of these professions there's something that they also call the cover page this allows you to create a really great looking single page website that has all of the power of a full squarespace site and this are, these are really good for like intros to your site or maybe you have like an important announcement like a wedding or a baby or something you want a site just to put up and have everything there you can do all of that with squarespace all on one page they have great partnerships now with getty images to provide you with a great deal on awesome photography at just ten dollars an image and they also have great google apps integration now too they have 24 7 support with live chat and email they have teams located in new york dublin and ireland who are there to help you if you ever have any problems they of course have squarespace commerce which allows you to add a store to a squarespace site and so much more they've opened up the dev platform now made it even more powerful than ever and you'll also get a free domain name if you sign up for a year squarespace plans start at just eight dollars a month and you'd be a fool not to check them out if you haven't already because you can sign up for a free no credit card required trial at squarespace.com and then when you decide to sign up for squarespace because i'm sure you'll be happy with what you see make sure that you use the offer code insert coin all one word to get 10 percent off your first purchase and to show your support for virtual and relay fm thank you so much to squarespace for their continued support of us squarespace start here go anywhere so Matt, now I want to ask you about um, the control mechanics in the game. Um, mm -hmm. How did you decide that you wanted to use a, a simple uh, tap to move the character, to in inspect the, uh, the environment, the items? Um, did the control scheme change over time? <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> it definitely changed. <laughs> um, I think... It was, I definitely, there was, there was one that I pushed back on a long time and I realized you know, from Nevin saying, you know, suggesting an alternative, which is the one that was in there, that is in there now. 
And I think it was regarding the panning. Um, that's right. Panning originally you needed two fingers. Um, and then you would use one finger to make a rectangle. And it's funny because I say that out loud now and I say, that was ridiculous. Why, why did I ever think that was a good idea? But I think it was that thing where I had to realize that if I step out of being the developer and look in, in terms of just making the game and I don't see the technical hurdle of, of what it would take to use, you know, to, to do it the alternate, the alternative way, then I would realize that he was, you know, he was of course correct. And, and eventually I did implement it, but, um, yeah, we did try a whole bunch of different schemes. And, um, I think even we considered dropping rectangular selection at all, just because, you know, could we avoid ever having to, to select a group of units? Cause when we realize that we're not controlling big groups of units, then is it really so hard to just tap and then tap the other person and, and whatnot. But yeah, it was very much an iterative thing. And, and I don't think any, you know, I guess realistically, there's no one original idea that, that still exists in its original form. You know, everything got refined and, um, and in fact, actually we have a, a Mac version, um, that will be coming out. We don't know when yet, but the controls on that are slightly different again, because, you know, it's not a touch interface, but, um, so the two of them just exist side by side and whatever ended up working best for us. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess coming into the game, I was expecting a different control scheme. I, I don't know mm. why. Um, but then when I, when I, when I saw, when I started playing, uh, it kind of, it, it made sense immediately, uh, especially for, for this kind of top-down perspective, you know, just being able to tap and tap again. It's, it's really simple and accessible, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. And it, and it, and it really makes sense on an iPad, especially, to have this kind mm. of simple control scheme. It, it's not complicated, right? It's, uh, it, it can be picked up by, I guess, by anyone and played, you know, uh, because it's so easy to, to get into. Um, and uh, and uh, I also wanted to ask you uh, about the puzzles and the, the, the battles and the challenges, you know, the, the actual um, uh, parts, of, parts of the game that let you uh, move forward, uh, and especially the puzzles. Um, how did you design those? Uh, how did you decide uh, the difficulties of the, the puzzles uh, throughout the game? Uh, because it's, um, I, I don't make games, right? And, and, uh, and it's mm. always um, interesting for me to think about how uh, people who make games decide, okay, this puzzle is too hard, we need to, be, we need to make it easier, or uh, maybe we need to drop a few hints, uh, we need to use the dialogue to let the player know how to, to solve a puzzle. This balance between... Uh, making a challenging game but also making it accessible is what is what I, uh, I i want to ask you what's the kind of process there yeah um i think it's a, yeah it's, it's it's pretty difficult to come up with a um a simple answer i think but what we i think did is first of all sort of um recalled the kinds of puzzles we liked in other games and work elements of that into sorry you know sort of getting the core of that tech that that um, technique i guess like for example um the the there's the 
there's the Kansas mission um, where you have to sneak past somebody. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know how much I want to spoil. But the, the point is the first time we introduced the concept of sneaking, which is to say they can't see you if they aren't facing you, you know, that we're introducing that idea to the player. We do it in a scenario where there is no consequence. So if you are seen, you just start again, you know? Yeah. And then we use it we use it again later, but this time there is a consequence. But you see the same or a similar scenario in front of you and you now have that sort of um, tool, I guess. You, you have the knowledge of I can avoid this character if I want to, you know? Um, and so I guess it comes partly from the mechanic and then working a puzzle around that mechanic, but also it's wanting to have a puzzle of a certain type and working it into the story, like a, the color mixing puzzle where you have to combine different colors to produce different leaves to produce uh, yeah. a color. Yeah, that was genius. You know, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked that puzzle. And it was, you know, it's obviously reminiscent of in Monkey Island. Um, where you have to mix colors and it just it felt like to be an adventure game like the ones that we loved it had to have a color mixing puzzle and just needed to figure out how and you know and yeah and so it's all those sorts of things i guess it's it's figuring out what we can do with the game and then determining what puzzle we can create given the engine that we have um like you know there's an actually a mission where the uh you can't penetrate the shroud you know the shroud isn't just the darkness that you haven't seen yet it is also a boundary and so we thought okay well if the shroud is now a boundary i guess it can chase you and it can be a switch and it can it, it's all sorts of like things that emerge from the framework i guess yeah i guess mm -hmm. that's really how i would phrase it it's just that the framework comes first and then we figure out well what can we do with this so you mentioned the shroud now, this is obviously the, the name that you've referred to as the darkness, which is in the game. And there's quite a lot of yeah. this, and this comes, it's, it's used as a mechanic later on, but throughout the game, most of it is, is covered in darkness until you walk around to uncover it. What, why did you make that decision to kind of hide the game levels until you go and explore? Really, just because it looked cool, because <laughs> it was a, a, a an RTS sort of a throwback, you know, um, and it was one of those things that um, it just felt like exploration, you know. Um, you you don't. There's just so much more you can do if you don't know what's what's there, and it, and it also affects the way you play, you know, when you're entering into a building and. And there's a corner, you know, you, you don't just wander around that corner. You, you, you go close, first of all, so that you can see whether the little um, character's uh, thought icon appears. Because those will show through the shroud, such, you know, such that if there is a character in that shroud and you get close enough to them, their uh, little thought bubble will light up, you know, their suspicion that someone might be near. And then you know to play against that versus, you know, what would otherwise be you being able to inspect the blueprint of the entire mission and, and map it out before you even take a step, you know? So I don't know. I, I definitely like that the shroud introduced a, a, a gameplay um, mechanic that we played off of a lot in a lot of the missions, I think. Did you ever feel like because it's an iOS game uh, that it shouldn't be too difficult because it, it could be played by so many people. Did you ever uh, told, tell yourself, okay, I, I should, 
you know, I should go easier with this puzzle because uh, the game needs to be accessible or uh, wasn't this a problem for you at all? I think we convinced ourselves that this game would never be for everybody. And <laughs> so we wrote it to, a, to an audience, you know. Like, I think, I think the App Store in terms of um, the marketplace that it is now, it's, you, I don't know how it's going to do in the charts at all. And I don't, that's not even a thing that crosses my mind like it used to. Because it used to, I feel like the charts used to be something that you could, you could actually contribute in, you know, like there were, I don't know, it seems, it seems like a much harder thing to, to reach everybody nowadays. So I think we just resolved, or, or you know, we just sort of um, took it as read that this is for a kind of gamer. We, you know, we'll price it accordingly and, and make it at that level of difficulty you know it's something that is um you know we 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 know up front that it's not for everybody and so we don't want to disappoint everybody rather than impress um you know impress i don't know but we want to make a great game for a smaller group of people rather than you know a good game for a bigger group that that kind of thing why why Mm. kind of like cripple the game because you Mm. you want it to appeal to a mass market make the game you want to make i guess right yeah yeah well this is just how we approach things i think we we nevin and i have different different approaches to to making games and we compromise on them and i think that compromise lands us in a broader scope than if one of us just controlled it and the other one followed you know so i think even just the combination of our different attitudes does broaden um the market the, sorry the what what what, should, what do i say the uh appeal the 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 target yes the yes the appeal right um and um yeah and i and i'm i'm happy enough with that you know with just his ideas combined with mine into um into something that is fairly fairly broad but not not broad to the point that anybody can pick it up Sure. Um, from a from a technical level, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, considering that you've been making the game since uh, 2010, um, you know, iOS devices uh, have changed a lot, and especially mm. iOS software. So, what was the the development process there? Did you did you have to change many many uh, things? I guess many frameworks in the game to uh, to keep up with the with the you know, new iOS devices and and uh, OS updates. Um, well, it's, there were a few things cause I, I, I try to, um, um, selectively target iOS, um, versions, you know, so, you know, for example, you can, um, tweet, um, you can send, you can tweet or you can Facebook a screenshot and that's part of a framework. I can't remember when it was introduced, but for the sake of argument, assume it's iOS seven. And so if you're using iOS six, you just won't see those buttons, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it will run on older versions, but it will support newer functionality. Yeah. Uh, like, um, like the store. The thing is, I think a lot of what I'm saying is kind of moot at this point because um, I made it iOS 6 uh, minimum supported. And iOS 6 is really where a lot of the functionality that we're using was first introduced. Whereas iOS 5 
didn't have a heck of a lot. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, but that's as far as things that changed given the new hardware, though, the first mission was kind of designed such that the first interaction you take uh, involves moving the character. And then the second one is supposed to involve moving the map. But it turns out on the, on the iPhone 6, you don't have to because the point that you need to reach is still on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no need to pan. Is it, so it's sort of like it defeats the purpose of that second step. But yeah, there was nothing it, prior to the iPhone 6 on the iPad, the iPhone and the, well, the iPhone 5 and the iPhone 4. That second step that you needed to take in the tutorial would require that you learnt that pants um, um, interface, but yeah, on the bigger devices, uh, that uh, that learning comes later. Had you ever considered just iPad or something like that? Had that ever crossed your mind? I played the game on the iPad, um, and and I I think I would like it on the iPhone, but it does feel like it's it's maybe lends itself to a larger screen. Yeah, no, I agree that it plays best on an iPad um, just because the screen is bigger. But now we have iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus, so <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so I think we're sort of like um, blurring that line at this point. So, but um, my preferred device is, um, is an iPad, but um in the way that we refer to the incident as an iphone game that plays great on an ipad this is more of i think an ipad game that plays great on an iphone <laughs> yeah that's so, how we spin mike, it if it's a, if it's okay with you mike mm-hmm. um can we can we play the spoiler horn i tell you what i will do before we play the spoiler horn i will thank okay. our second sponsor then, Perfect. then we will spoiler horn it up like you wouldn't believe and then okay. we'll talk about the story how does that sound <laughs> okay Sounds great to me. This episode of Virtual is also brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Igloo is built with easy-to-use integrated apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, file sharing, task management, and oh so much more. With Igloo, you can work better together with your co-workers. You're easily able to co-author documents, share status updates about what the cake's like in the conference room, and manage your projects all in one place. When someone makes changes to an item in Igloo, you will be notified in the way that you choose because you have full control over how you're notified with the notification settings. And a complete version history of all documents is maintained, keeping everyone in sync. This makes sure that it keeps you connected and in touch with what's going on and also gives you the protection in case Bob in accounts accidentally deletes that GIF from your presentation, you can just go back and get the previous version. Recently, Gartner released their famed Magic Quadrant for Social Software in the Workplace report. Igloo appears on this report for the sixth consecutive year alongside huge companies like Microsoft, IBM, Google, and SAP. In a report that values the size of the vendor, which is in Gartner's terms, viability, Igloo is praised for their responsiveness and customer experience. This is an excerpt from Gartner's profile of Igloo. Feedback from Igloo's reference customers was consistently positive. They praised the product's quick deployment, configuration and customization flexibility with self-service options for non-technical users, control over branding and information, organization and ease of use. If that turns you on, if that pushes all your buttons, then you should be going and sort of signing up for Igloo right now, igloosoftware.com slash virtual. But if you are interested, but that report quote isn't something that interests you, you should know that Igloo is awesome. Everything works on your phone. You have complete control over the way everything looks. 
You can change things to look exactly the way that you want, but not just in the like design terms. You're also able the functionality to customize everything. You can customize with certain groups and teams. You have the ability to add in your own code as well, if that's something that you want. If you want to see how versatile Igloo's platform is, go to igloosoftware.com slash virtual because Igloo's website is built on top of the Igloo platform as well. Igloo is absolutely free to use with up to 10 people. Go sign up now, try them out. I'm sure that you'll be happy. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Time for the spoiler horn. So, Matt, uh... I want to talk about the story of Space Age. Um, so this game is set on this alien planet called uh, Kepler-16. And tell me more about mm-hmm. the, the story, the, the decision to go uh, with, with, this, uh, with this idea, of, like the, the, the themes of uh, space exploration, personal memories, trying to make good on past mistakes, I guess, is another theme. Uh, yeah, tell, tell me more about uh, <laughs> yeah, about all this yeah. uh, this story that you came up with. Yeah, man, I think <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, seriously. It's I think the um, luxury we had is that uh, we kind of looked at it as as if it was an episodic sort of like a TV series, you know, and mm-hmm. we knew as much as we needed to know for the next episode by the time we were finishing the previous one, if that makes sense. We were were one episode ahead in our minds is what I'm trying to say. Like we, we had a basic idea of what the story was in general, but we only focused the details one mission at a time, you know, one episode, one mission is what I'm trying to say. And so what would happen is we would get, I don't know, halfway through or not quite and then sort of have this idea. One of us, you know, sort of go, well, what if this, you know? And then we go, okay, well, that sounds amazing. Let's work it back in, you know? So it's, so although the idea came after we'd already begun, nothing had been committed yet. So we could go back and change it and insert the ideas that we didn't already have, but they became part of what became the final story, you know? So at the beginning, you see an apple tree, and apples mm-hmm. end up becoming a very significant, you know, sort of, um, um, I, I'm lost for the word, but the apples, apples feature quite heavily through the story, but that wasn't always, always an apple tree. It was just a bush, you know, yeah. which mm-hmm. didn't help hold any significance. And so later when apples started to feature <clears throat> in the story, we realized, well, there's a very good place we could put them, you know? Um, so you go back and, and kind of change the design of the game based on the way that the story manipulates, right? Starts to change, yeah. yeah. And and you know, even somebody might say <clears throat> might say something that doesn't hold much significance in the way that it was originally written, but you tweak it a little bit, and suddenly it's foreshadowing, right? Yeah. And so there was a lot of that. Yeah, yeah I I really like <coughs> the. Um... Like the flashbacks uh, back to yeah. Kansas and the Professor Talby. Um, yeah. So I, I I wanted to know more about this character and like um, this professor that goes off to space on his own and with with mm. his robot with Robbie and mm. and then he uh, at, in the at the end of the game uh, when you when you defeat Robbie, uh, he kind of feels sorry 
for Robbie yeah. and, and kind of yeah. tries to come up with an excuse for, for the behavior of the robot because it kind of yeah. says, they, look what they made you do, right? And, there, and, yeah. and at least the way that I, that I saw that was um, there's, a, there's a, a, th- a theme of look at how much people can even corrupt machines and make them do stuff that machines aren't supposed to do because Robbie is in theory like an assistant and now he's a, it's, it's become this crazy uh, power hungry uh, robot that wants to conquer everything mm-hmm. and, and there's uh, this yeah. idea of men trying always to conquer and to, to corrupt and to, and to go off to space and try to conquer stuff there uh, is there any, uh, I wouldn't say political but uh, is there any personal opinion of yours there on, about, you know, this, this idea of space exploration and, and robots and machines and men going up on another planet and trying to destroy everything? Not in any literal sense, certainly not in terms of space and robots, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, is, mm-hmm. it is definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's more a commentary on sort of personal responsibility. And um, I mean, I don't mean to make it sound so um grandiose or anything it's just it that that moment and talby as a character and private as a character uh is meant more about um you know of course nevin would probably have his own answer um but for me it's more about um facing responsibility and sort of in the specifically in the case of private it's that letting go of the past um and the robbie was talby's mostly his friend you know you mentioned he's an assistant and he's you know he's by design an assistant but i guess i guess talby was a little bit mad particularly the you know it was a year it was if i don't know how subtle it was um communicated but it was it took a year to get from earth to kepler and it was just Talby and the robot the whole time. Yeah, I assumed, I, I don't know if I picked up it was a year, but I had naturally assumed that there was a period of time that it was just mm. the two of them. Because obviously he's not going to be yeah. there in a day. And, and the way, yeah. uh, in, the, in the original sort of flashback when you arrive on Kepler, there seems he seems to have a great affection for him and, and really wants to fix him and is very concerned when Robbie, yeah. when Robbie is broken. It, it really was just that Talby is that... Um, uh, you know, by hiding away in the cabin and turning his back on everything, and and rec- and, and and not recognizing that that Robbie was his responsibility, and 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 you know, and then again, you know, fight, sort of coming to terms with that in the end, and and so on. I, I don't know. It, it, that is Talby is just sort of the a very exaggerated version of of um, of that sort of idea of just him saying to Private. Let's just hang out here and not worry about all the problems on the planet, you know, and, and Private has to choose which way to go. In that flashback, um, the original, you know, it's kind of when, when they land um, on, mm. on Kepler, that, that, the, the way that that one results in uh, <laughs> Tauby basically being a coward and running off, that yeah. really affected me. Oh, wow. I, yeah, it upset me. I was very uncomfortable that this was my character, the character that I yes. was controlling at that moment, was making this decision that I didn't. Or want he refused him to, to make. be controlled. Yeah, yeah. That that was a very conscious. I mean, I I had always said to Nevin because you know we knew in the story that that's what Talby would ultimately do, and that you would play Talby's role in that, mm-hmm. and 
I'd remembered something in a game I played once where a good character turned bad and you had to take, you had to do those actions. And I thought that was awful. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah. It, yeah, it just wasn't, it felt, um, it, I guess it felt like a game at that point. You know, it sort of took you out of being that character. And so when Talby, uh, you know, I, you know, I, it was something that I had been convinced was the way that we would tackle that, that moment, which would be, he would refuse to move where you want him to move. Yeah. You know, and so as you try to select him, he just backs away and says, oh, I shouldn't have come here and, you know, and, and, and so on. And yeah, um, it's, it's interesting to hear. I, it's humbling, I guess, to know that um, it actually, yeah, had an effect. It's great. Even, even in that control, um, it basically what, what it was kind of like, I knew that then every time I tapped him, the story would advance. So there's still like there's this element of like oh no, <laughs> bad things yeah. are about to happen. You're doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was really good. And the music I on it. yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the music. music on that part came um, quite late, and when it was added, it was like oh Jesus, this is <laughs> this is this is nasty. <laughs> yeah. So I keep coming back to to this detail of the apple pie. Uh, mm. Because there's uh, Talvi asks you to bake apple pie, and then I just really at enjoyed the end of that. The game... I, I really enjoyed that. That <laughs> yeah, whole scene that is fantastic. Yeah. Like, why am <laughs> that, I making crazy. this pie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making apple pie on an alien planet. <laughs> it's crazy. So, and at the end, you see uh, the private's mother offering mm. apple pie to the to the sergeant. I guess. Um, mm. Yeah. Is there any connection there? Some sort of a hint that you're trying to to give to the to the player? Yeah, is there a connection I I think between that's, the? I th- yeah, I think that's doubly. That's like spoiler, spoiler. Like I uh-huh, think I'll yeah. I'll talk to you guys about it, but I think that's to the point that we put something. It's yeah, no. Nah. Okay, it, it, that's something okay, the player it. will have to find. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, the, the, I was just <laughs> making sure that this little detail wasn't just you know, there, that, yeah. that it had sense. Yeah. Uh, and what about, um, uh, because when I, when I play this game, um, I saw that there's a, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of sequences where you need to, uh, look at, um, the, this alien language. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need to use, mm-hmm. uh, Miss Archer to, to read the sign, the signs and, and stuff and like, uh, this little, uh, this sort of alphabet on the, on the walls. Uh, is there any way to translate the kind of, uh, sentences? Is, is there, like, did you guys come up with an alphabet for, for, uh, this language or is it just, you know, a bunch of signs and then you give them? some meaning through dialogue mm, it, it can be yeah it can be translated oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh, so, so it's kind of like fez really i don't know i haven't actually played uh, um that sounds terrible i haven't played fez but oh, yeah. um there's a there's it's, a, whole it's a language, language. <laughs> yeah oh yeah well, okay we're hoping we're hoping somebody because that was sort of the thing needing to part of the final packaging of the game was to make sure that we didn't have any typos you know, because uh-huh. it's, oh, really? it's easier in, in the language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, basically. nice. Oh, yeah. Mike, uh, it sounds like we, we have a new challenge, Mike. We've got some work <laughs> to do. Go <laughs> <laughs> we need to translate all these alien texts. This is yeah, the- like, this is an example of why I like to, to do shows like this is I never would have expected that that was the case. 
I would have just assumed that they were random glyphs that you were presenting, you know, to just to show that there was conversation. I, I did really like, however, when the aliens would talk, you would wait for the same amount of time. I, I just thought that, that was quite a nice little touch. Like, you know, how it, basically, I will leave this text here for as long as it would take you to read it if it was in English. And you kind of just like waiting <laughs> yes. and they're just having a conversation and you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I, can't, I really yeah. like that. I think that's a nice touch. Especially because there's multiple multiple lines of, of alien dialogue as well, you know, not just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a bit where Talby has his um, he, he has his first conversation with an alien, and 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 they respond with the alien text. And as far as Talby's concerned, it's the first time he's ever seen it. And I really like the way that plays out. You know, he says, "Hi, I'm Talby. I'm from Earth." And there's and then there's a pause. They look at each other. They say something back to him. There's a pause. He says exactly what he just said, but this time in all caps. And I just like, I, I like, I like that that was his immediate reaction. I'll just shout it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there, I guess, do you guys plan on, um, I guess, offering more of uh, Space Age at some point? Is there, uh, I wouldn't say a sequel, but you know, uh, I mean, we're seeing just today with Monument Valley, which is uh, one mm. of the best iOS games released this year. Uh, they just uh, um, published uh, an expansion pack. So do you and Nevin ever consider uh, eventually, if the game is, is successful on offering more content or expanding the story? Yeah, I don't know. We, I think... Signs mostly point to no in terms of more missions or an expansion in that way. But, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to bring it to the Mac and we're going to add some features, but they're features, they're not content. Um, and I don't know, I, I think we feel a little bit funny about it being fleshed out any further. You know, it is the story. It's, it's the... Mm -hmm. It is what 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 we made is space age and it's not missing anything, and uh, and the things that are unknown are meant to be unknown and it starts where it should and it ends where it should and I I don't know where we'd go if we if we added more to it I so I'm not sure I I, I don't know it, I I don't know if I could be I definitely don't have any strong feelings about wanting to make more content. Um, but that's typically how both Nevin and I approach making games anyway. Like when the incident was finished, there was never a question of making another the incident. It's like, why did we do that? We already made the incident. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to do something much more different. And I would, I would suspect, I mean, if I had to bet on it, I'd suspect that then whatever we do next would be nothing like Space Age. Yeah, because when I finished the game, I kind of felt like, I want to spend more like in this yeah. universe, you know, with these characters. And, but I also mm. understand why you, you say this is our story. It's finished. We, we don't want to, uh, what, it, what is meant to be unknown will, will stay unknown. Mm. And I can respect that, that decision, you know, uh, it just, yeah, feels and I like, guess like you made, you made such, uh, approachable and, and like characters that you can understand that I kind of feel like I want to spend more time with these with these people, you know. And but but yeah. I, but I, I understand why why you want to keep it this way. No, that's great. And I mean, I guess just hearing you say that, I guess the alternative and the thing that you wouldn't want is that you finish the game and think you don't want to spend any more time with yeah, the characters, yeah. you know. Screw so. these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm bored with these guys. Yeah. 
Awesome. Okay. Yeah, Mike, is there is there anything else that you want to ask about the story or do you want to, to, to you know, to keep the... I mean, because you finished the game just a few minutes ago, Mike, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty, yeah so your, your, your memory is, is I guess, uh, a little, uh, is fresh, whereas uh, I finished the game, uh, I think, a few days ago. So, uh, you know the details better than me at this point. Not so much about the story, but the end of the game. So the end of the game features a song. A, a, a yeah. produced <laughs> yes. actual song and, and in the show notes there's a blog post that Cable Sasser wrote you can find the the show notes at relay.fm slash virtual slash 13 and uh, he goes into a little bit of detail about how the song came to be but it reminded me of Portal and the way Portal, en- mm. Portal ends was that an inspiration for having a song like this at the end of the game? Um, I th- the Portal was an inspiration insofar as it broke the um, it broke away from the atmosphere, I guess, of yeah. the game. You know, it was sort of it's a little bit tangential, but at the same time, it exists in that universe. I think the way um, Cable sees it is, it's as if that's a you know like a record being played in that nineteen um, fifties um, Kansas that we just left. You know, because it ends in Kansas. Sorry, it was seventy. Uh, what would it be nineteen seventy-seven? I guess <laughs> when Goldman returns. But um, that you know, that's the the actual what it how it was presented. You know, with the sort of a stage show sort of a thing that came from um, maybe a year ago at least. I just sort of for fun took a pop song and made the characters from the game sing it. And I just thought it looked hilarious and I wanted to do something with it. And so I asked Cable if he could make like a propaganda song and we would just sort of find out a way to act it out, you know? So for example, when it says, um, I says something along the lines of stands in to any beast or any man or beast or thing i think who stands in our way says that it it calls those lines and it was like and so i originally had this version where he says or thing and an alien would appear and then goldman would appear and shoot that alien and say who stands in our way you know it would it would almost like as if it was a a production you know but then just quietly on the side cable was actually turning it into a genuine song in a recording studio (laughs) and and so when he sends us this message and says, oh, hey, guys, uh, check out what I'm working on here, it just sort of um, completely changed what the presentation of that song would be. And it became an individual female singer instead of um, the guys, you know. And, and um, yeah, it, uh, it, it definitely um, gave it a, a, a sense, like a meaning uh, that this is, you know, this is exactly how it's going to be presented and this is how it's going to sound. And, I don't know, and 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 those credit sequences where it shows the static shots from the game, um, that was never intended to be there, but it just felt so right to have them there when it sounded the way it did. I don't know, it just it all sort of um, carried off of its off of each other. So, I mean, I know this is this is so premature of a question to ask, um, but do you have an idea as to what's next at Big Bucket? Are you working on other projects, or was it all Space Age until now? Do you have other ideas oh, and things you're fleshing out? Yeah, we we have ideas. Um, we had the thing is, what's going to happen is we're going to we have a bunch of ideas and and they all 
um, they sound exciting, you know, and we discuss them and, and we, we flesh them out a bit and we just, we, you know, Nevin might do some mock-ups and, um, and so on. And then we'll go, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. But then what's going to happen is one day we're just going to start on one and not stop until it's finished. And I can't say which one that's going to be yet. Of course. Because you don't know. Yeah, and, it's, <laughs> yeah and, it's, and, and that's honestly the amount of attention. Like, we don't, we don't know which one it's going to be. And, and we don't put... It doesn't feel like there's any sort of um, decision that's made. It just sort of happens, you know. It's kind of like at a certain moment, we've, we're decided, you know. There's, there's this sort of determination that this is it. This is the next one. And, um, and we definitely have this feeling that it's probably going to be smaller. Um, cause yeah, we, we don't have four years is just crazy. So we, we want to do a, a, a nice little sort of quick one, you know, something that's something that's a lot more, um, I guess, uh, pick up and play rather than immersive, um, story based kind of a thing. Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, having you on the show and and i know that from me and federico we wish you guys the the most the most luck possible um that, that this this game is a success it should be because it is a fantastic experience it's one of um like i know federico brought up monument valley and and, and i already apologize for the amount of times that you guys are going to be compared to that cause <laughs> i don't know how that feels but in the idea of it being a very unique experience that lives on ios that is a short little thing with a fantastic story and something different i mean that's what you guys have made um so congratulations on doing that well thank you very much it's very very nice to hear that i i honestly it it's really the most important it's 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 all that that I could ask for, you know, to know that, um, that you actually liked it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great feeling. And where can people, I mean, there shouldn't really be anybody listening now that hasn't already got the game. Uh, <laughs> but in case people have not heeded the warning of the spoiler horn, uh, where can, yeah. where can people find out more about what big buckets up to and space age? Well, uh, the space the, to to find out more about Space Age, you go to spaceageapp.com, and there's also a Twitter account which is um, at Space Age App. Um, Big Bucket has a blog, and I hope to sort of give that a bit of a, a, a dust and polish, and that's at bigbucketsoftware.com. Um, and uh, yeah, and oh, I and I guess there's there's myself, and uh, it's at Matt Comey on Twitter. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the um, the, mo- the best way to reach uh, myself, Big Bucket, and uh, Space Age. If you would like to get in contact with myself or Federico, I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Federico is at Fetici, and Federico writes at the fantasticmacstories.net. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week, Squarespace and Igloo, and thank you again, Matt, for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, it's been great. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Virtual. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci.